What's up? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm back from Vegas. Thank goodness it was a long trip. Uh, we're going to go over it. going to talk about what happened out at Mandalay Bay for the uh, 2022 Mountain West Media Days. Really appreciate the Mountain West for giving us the opportunity to get some great access. On today's episode, going to go over you know what I learned from some of my conversations with the various head coaches around the league. Going to talk a little bit about what I learned from Jay Norvell. I'm writing some features on that also. Real quick, just wanted to say sorry for the poor audio quality on the last couple of episodes. We had a different mic than usual. We thought it was going to work out. I mean, it was salvageable, but obviously not the standard that you guys are used to. So sorry about that. I will definitely bring the good mic on every other trip. Lesson learned there. I wanted to do more shows, but it just wasn't really possible. So I'm, I'm going to write more. You know, I'm going to do, I probably would have used a little bit more of this audio, but I'm going to write more. It's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, just wanted to address that real quick. Uh, before we get into some of the stuff that we learned out at Media Days, just a, a little piece of advice if you are planning a trip out to the Sin City, the Sin City, out to Sin City anytime in the near future, don't stay at the Rio. It, it's just, it's gone downhill. Uh, I stayed there in 2015. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, granted, I was still pr- pretty uh, inexperienced with Vegas at that point. But it's just, it's gone downhill pretty drastically, and it bummed me out. I was really looking forward to staying there. It, it was so hot. It was, it was so hot, and the AC in our unit was just not working. Um, just just really not. It, it was so hot, I couldn't sleep, in fact. I was up for over 40 straight hours at one point. I wasn't even gambling or, or drinking, so I was just up because it was so hot. I, I don't know how people live there. I mean, I, I, I love Vegas, but I'm a spring-fall kind of guy. Thank goodness that's when it coincides with football and basketball. I just can't even function when it's that hot out. It, it makes me lose my appetite. It kills my energy. It's just, it's rough. I, I know I'm, I'm going on here and I sound super soft, but man, you guys are you guys are a different breed, I guess, if you live out there. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the DNVR Rams podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, fuel the heat of the season like never before. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That means you can sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook right now and use the code DNVR, place a bet up to $1,000, and even if it does not hit, DraftKings will give you your money back, give you another shot, at hitting on that bet. It's awesome. And it's just one of the many advantages of of using DraftKings Sportsbook. They have so many options to bet on all of your favorite sports. Even right now, I mean, obviously it's kind of the dog days of the sports season, but if you're a big baseball person, you can bet on same-game parlays. They've got all kinds of props. They have live betting options. You can get your futures bets in for the football season, college, or NFL UFC, NBA, NHL, you name it, they have it all. Go check it out over with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up so they know that we sent you. Place a bet up to $1,000 on whatever you choose. Like I said, they have it all over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if your bet misses, 
you are going to get another chance to make it rain. Nobody does it up like our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Now that I'm back from Vegas, obviously trying to get back in better shape. Tough considering I injured myself in a home run derby. Lamest way ever. But uh, at least I can look after my gut health. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because didn't have time to you know look after a, a bunch of vitamins. Um, I wanted more energy, optimized immune system. Again, I, I just hate taking pills. It sucks. And then I don't like taking supplements usually because they're chalky or or you know it's like drinking grass. But DraftKings, it's smooth, it's tasty, it goes down. And, and honestly, with, with all my coworkers doing it, I just kind of wanted to see what all the hype was all about. Been on it, I mean, for like a year now, maybe maybe more. And there's 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, that's a tongue twister, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things that you should probably be concerned with. Every morning, just take some AG1, throw it in your water if you want, put it in your OJ, and boom, it's a nice, easy part of your routine. You get it out of the way, and you're feeling better. It's lifestyle-friendly, so if you're keto, if you're doing paleo, if you're vegan or dairy-free, gluten-free, you're going to be good. There's less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and yet it still tastes good. Tons of people take some kinds of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season falls right around the corner. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's get into it. Like I said, the event was over at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino. That hotel was cool. Really wanted to check out the aquarium in there, but didn't have time. Probably couldn't afford it anyways. <laughs> that hotel in general, very much out of my price range, like most of Vegas. But I just like exploring, people watching, all of that. Um, Ajan Vivens and Devin Phillips were there to represent CSU. As far as players go, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, probably the the biggest star there. Uh, Brad Roberts from Air Force was there. Titus Swen from Wyoming was there. It was one offensive and one defensive representative for every program. And then all the, the coaches. And uh, big shout out to Jay Norvell for, for showing up. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think you'd have to say that, but after last year, and going all the way out to Vegas, you know, getting the bosses to pay for the trip and having Steve Adazio just bail with no notice. Uh, I, I never know. Uh, I've, I've learned, I guess, to 
not expect anything at this point, but I, I, I did not worry about Norvell Bailing. He showed up. He was great. I got to spend more time with him one-on-one out there than I did with Adazio the entire time he was head coach at CSU. I, I know that the pandemic obviously made things a little bit wonky, but he just he was not down for this type of stuff. I mean, in general, he wasn't down to, to interact with anybody that he didn't feel could, you know, provide something for him. And I mean, that, that didn't even apply to, to media. I'm, if you weren't high enough on the totem pole on the roster or the staff, you know, you, you might as well have not existed. And I think when you have, you know, a guy who kind of has that arrogant attitude at the top, it, it just all trickles down and it, it just it leads to an unideal culture. And, you know, it, it creates a, a locker room. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that the entire locker room was like a disaster. It was completely broken or anything like that. I just think it's it's notable how different things are now. And then, you know, that starts with, with the top and, and how you treat people on a day-to-day basis. And, and with Jay Norvell, you know, just kind of watching him, one, obviously, I, I got to spend the time with him individually, so I got to experience it. But just watching him, too, you know, talk to everybody around there, you can just see the way he carries himself. He doesn't big-time anyone. You know, he's out there socializing with the uh, Nevada media and, and not during the, the portion of the day where, you know, he was mandated to. I'm, I'm talking about in, in the free time, you know, when we're all just kind of in the common area, eating the food that they provide, which again, thank you to the Mountain West. It was phenomenal. I know that sounds like a small thing and in the grand scheme of things it is, but I've been to a lot of these events and, you know, when the coaches aren't required to be speaking, even a lot of the personable ones, you know, they're off in a different room. They're avoiding interaction because they don't want to be there. And, And I'm sure that there are a million things that Jay Norvell would rather be doing, but it's part of the gig. So he embraces it. And he treats everybody with kindness and respect. And it makes him a, a really popular guy. I mean, it's it's recognizable or it's it's noteworthy how differently coaches around the conference, you know, how they were talking about Jay Norvell versus when I was asking them about Steve Adazio last year. These guys are all smart. They're not going to go on record and, and say something reckless or, you know, you're not going to get one of the coaches in the conference to be like, he's an asshole or, or something like that. But, you know, they'd be like, yeah, he's an experienced coach, you know, just basically stating facts. But when you ask about Norvell, it, it's it's genuine. You can kind of see the way their their faces light up. He's just a personable guy. And, you know, I'll, I'll move on here. But one of the things that really stood out to me was after day one, Norvell was leaving. He was walking towards... The elevator, so was I, so was Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports, uh, so was Mike Brohard from CSU, and we go around the corner, and the two Nevada players were there, and I was very interested to see kind of how that moment would go, and as soon as they saw Norvell, they just were so stoked, and, and he was too, and they gave each other big hugs, he completely stopped what he was doing, dropped his bags, and you know, they were just talking like it was, you know, last year, nothing had changed, he was still their coach. And to me, you can't fake that type of interaction. We've all been in that scenario where, you know, maybe you're at the grocery store, maybe you're on campus somewhere, and you run into somebody that you're, you're not expecting to see, 
and it's not somebody that you want to see. And you can, you know, fake, do the fake smile, be polite. But unless you're a professional actor or a sociopath, you know, I, I don't think you can fake genuine joy. And that is what I saw, you know, when Norvell ran into his former players. And I just think that speaks a lot to the type of coach he is, the type of relationships that he establishes with the guys that he coaches. And I think that's going to go a long way at CSU. But let's get into it. I want to talk about what I learned later on. I'll talk a little bit more about some of the things I learned from my hour-long conversation with Jay Norvell. But first, I want to start with just some of the things I talked with all of the coaches about. And that is all the interconference transferring that happened inside the Mountain West this past offseason. Obviously, it's a new era. It's a part of college football. That was a, a common part of, of everybody's response. But I, I did think it was noteworthy that the vast majority of the coaches did, you know, go on record and I- express some type of, you know, displeasure with it. Craig Bull was definitely the the most vocal about how much he dislikes it, even used the term antitrust at one point. Blake Anderson, the Utah State head coach, also, you know, was was fairly vocal with how much he dislikes it. He he did, you know, add multiple times that this is the game now. And when when that's a part of the game, you just you have to use every resource available. But he said he does like the transfer portal and obviously Utah State leaned on it heavily in his first year, he brought over a lot of guys from Arkansas State, basically all his star players. He did add that, you know, traditionally, interconference transferring was, you know, a big no-no back in the day. And it, and it definitely was, you know, it was something that was kind of scandalous and, and rarely ever happened. Usually needed some type of extenuating circumstance or a special waiver process or, or something like that. But nowadays, I mean, every in every league, it's, it's just a, a big part of it. The coaches that had the least problems with it, unsurprisingly, Jay Norvell and Brent Brennan, the two coaches that benefited the most from interconference transferring this past offseason. Brennan was basically like, you know, why why would I care if he goes to a school inside the conference? He's leaving my program. Does it really matter where he ends up? You know, am, am I just trying to be petty or, or a jerk? And I, I thought it was a valid point. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm I'm not crazy about interconference transferring. You know, CSU obviously benefited greatly from it this past cycle. There could be another cycle where the Rams, you know, experience some of the the heartache that Nevada fans experienced this past offseason and then you got to remember that. But it's part of the game and you either evolve or you get left behind and, and nobody is a better example of this than Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban He'll voice his his displeasure with the way that things are are trending in, in college football. And generally, I kind of view it almost as a warning shot. This isn't an original point. I've heard multiple talking heads in the SEC, you know, bring this up that whenever, you know, Nick Saban mentions something in, in SEC media days, you know, whether it's NIL or, you know, transfers, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Everyone's like, oh man, it's old man Nick Saban yelling at the clouds. But it's more of him just being like, All right, well. Remember, anything you can do, I can do better. And then he does. I mean, Alabama has four preseason all-SEC players that are transfers. They're opening like an, an NIL store in the stadium with officially branded gear uh, via Nike and Fanatics. I mean, they're, they're just going to go balls to the wall with this like they do with everything. 
and, you know, kind of keeping on that theme, NIL, obviously a, a big point of discussion from both Craig Thompson and the coaches and coaches around this league, you know, they want regulation. Thompson even said specifically he'd like to see Congress get involved. And I, I do think an important distinction to, to add is that I, I don't even think a lot of these coaches are necessarily anti-NIL. I think most of them are, are fairly level-headed guys and understand that this is a business that just makes billions of dollars and, and the players should get a piece of that. But it, it's been anarchy with the way this has been rolled out. You know, obviously there's a lot of shady stuff happening when it comes to pay for play. That's not what NIL was supposed to be, but that's exactly what it's become. And now that the, the NCAA is, is suggesting, you know, allowing unlimited transfers, it's just going to become even more chaotic. I just, I, I don't know how you're supposed to build a roster at all or like build a program in the modern game unless you're one of the top programs. It just seems so challenging because even if you get good players... <laughs> I don't know. It's just tough. I'll talk about that more on, a, on another podcast. All right, just kind of one final thing on transfers here. Uh, another thing that I was very interested in going into media days was what does this process look like behind the scenes as far as the interconference transfers go? Like our head coaches calling each other up and asking, you know, for references. Is Anderson calling Bull and asking for an evaluation of Levi Williams as he you know, wanting to know about his character, what's he like in practice, any of that. All of the head coaches said no, that they don't call each other and, and ask each other up. At one point, I think it's it's probably kind of awkward because you don't know if that other coach is sour about losing the particular player. But all of the coaches did kind of imply, or in, in some cases, go on record and say that while they didn't call the other head coach, there's definitely back-channel communications that occur between, you know, position coaches. And that makes sense. That's how a lot of stuff happens. I mean, all these assistant coaches around the league, they know each other. They're recruiting the same players. They see each other on the road. So there is some indirect references that, you know, end up getting shared between the, the staffs. But it's, it's not as simple as, you know, Bull calling up Anderson and, and asking... And the funny thing, obviously, is that those two programs ended up swapping quarterbacks. I asked about that. You know, both coaches mentioned that it, it was pretty much just random the way that that worked out. Definitely one of the more intriguing storylines heading into this season, though. I mean, how often do you see programs switch quarterbacks and, and quarterbacks that, you know, played legitimate minutes for their teams last year? Neither of them were the outright starters all season. Uh, Logan Bonner just seems to be. Anderson's guy and you know that was kind of the cha the case with Chambers at Wyoming as well it's just odd to think about I mean it, it's odd to think about how there will be four quarterbacks that took snaps for different teams in in this conference last season now playing for a, a new squad I mean Chevin Cordero played for Hawaii last year he is now going to be at San Jose State Brent Brennan told me he is the front runner to earn that starting role over uh, Nick Nash. Both guys kind of dual threat, but a Cordero probably a little bit better thrower of the football. Clay Millen obviously played only a couple of snaps in that beatdown of CSU in the finale. He is now a Ram. Then you have uh, Peasley going from Utah State. He played a little bit last year. He is going to be the starter at Wyoming. 
And uh, Levi Williams goes to Utah State. We'll see what happens there. I imagine Bonner's the starter at least going into the year. That was a that was an odd decision, in my opinion. I, I'm pretty sure Levi Williams' girlfriend does go to Utah State. Some Wyoming reporters told me that. But he can play. I mean, he's he's good. He's put up numbers against CSU a couple years in a row. I mean, that 2020 game was a lot closer than it should have been down the stretch, and it was mostly because, you know, Williams was, was slinging it. He's a big guy. He's a good athlete. I mean, obviously, torch CSU on the ground last year as well. He could start for a lot of teams. It, it was just odd to me that he went to Utah State, a place where he was clearly going to be, at least on paper, you know, the, the backup going into the year. I mean, anything can happen. Injuries, Bonner could play poorly. But from a football standpoint, it was just kind of a, a confusing move to me. Kind of seems like more of a, a lifestyle decision than, you know, what was best for his football career, but that's okay. I mean, he has the, the right to make that decision. I'm just saying purely from, from a football standpoint, it, it was weird to me. I don't blame the coaches. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to, to talk to any of these players. Obviously, we've had all of these conversations with the, the former Nevada guys, and they were super honest about their reasons for why they came to CSU, and the vast majority of them, it, it was because of Norvell and this staff and wanting to continue playing for them and in this system. But I, you know, I, I wanted to talk to Chevin Cordero and I wanted to to talk to Williams and Peasley and Justin Lockhart and some of these guys that, you know, played for other teams and are now still in the conference, just on a new roster. I understand why the teams didn't do it. You know, they would have got mobbed with these types of questions. But it's a it's a good way to create interest. I mean, when it when it comes to free agency in the NBA or the NFL or whatever it may be. The fans are most interested in the new players, and it's no different, you know, in, in college football. Everybody wants to know why they made the decision. Why are you coming here? What are you excited about? So that was a, a bit of a bummer that we didn't get that opportunity. But again, the event was awesome, a great access. I, I, you know, no complaints. I just would have liked to have been able to do that story. All right, we're going to keep the fun going. I have a few more things that I want to talk about that I learned out at Mountain West Media Days. Real quick, though, got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. And I am going to the NFL Futures bets. I'm looking at Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I'm looking at Romeo Dubs at plus 10,000. Guys, this guy is a freak. He's got great hands, awesome at making contested catches, Aaron Rodgers obviously needs somebody to stretch the field with. He needs a new red zone target. Now that Devontae Adams is a Raider, I, I, I know that they also brought in Christian Watson, and, and he's a stud, but I'm all in on Romeo Dubs. I, I, I really think he was one of the biggest steals of the draft. I think he's going to have an opportunity to put up great numbers this year, and when you look at the value, I mean, at plus 10,000, that's just too good to pass up. So lock it in. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. I also want to shout out the homies over at Lightshade Dispensary. If you listen to the podcast, you know nobody does it better than our friends over at Lightshade. They're Colorado's premier dispensary. They have 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's located one block off 6th Avenue, Federal Boulevard. It's the biggest Lightshade store. They have specialty products not offered at other locations. But at every Lightshade, they have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. What's awesome is our podcast listeners 
They can get 25% off non-sale items when you use the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com, use the code DNVR, and get 25% off your order. Cool, cool, cool. I'm not really going to talk about Craig Thompson. He essentially said that the Mountain West has options and that they will always be evaluating those options. Definitely frustrated that the expanded college football playoff did not go through, as am I. I do credit him for for being you know, a, a big proponent of that and being a big part of getting that proposal on the table. Just unfortunately got blocked by the ACC and Pac-12, who look really stupid now after all these recent moves. You know, he, he talked about how they'll look at, at every possible avenue, said that there have been multiple members of different conferences that have contacted the Mountain West, did not say which ones, obviously, but they're only going to add somebody if it brings more value, and that's kind of the position that all of these leagues are in. If, if you're going to bring another member only to be sharing the same amount of money, what's the real point of that? And if you're going to be making less money because you have to split it amongst more hands, that's an even bigger no-go. So, you know, when it comes to the... I, I see rumors, you know, like, should the Mountain West go to 14 and add, you know, SMU in, in Memphis? And although it would cripple the American, at this point, the American's screwed anyways because they're losing Cincy and, and Central Florida and Houston. So th- there's just not that big of a benefit unless it probably ends up being Pac-12 defectees. We'll have to see how that all plays out. I mean, it could be years. We we just don't really know. He talked about how if the Mountain West loses a couple of members, they'll have to approach the situation. At that point, they could look to expand. They could just stay with 10 or 11 or however many they have at that point. We shall see. So, yeah, about what we expected to get out of that wasn't super interesting. Uh, what was interesting was my conversation with Utah State head coach Blake Anderson. I, I wanted to talk to him about his perspective on what happened against CSU. Obviously, a, a really, really weird game. I mean, Utah State, they they got up early. The Rams, they come storming back, end up having an opportunity to win. All the chaos ensues at the end. Offense thinks they're supposed to be on the field. Special teams thinks they're supposed to be on the field. End up getting a field goal attempt off, but miss it, and Utah State wins. Anderson actually credits that win as what ended up propelling Utah State you know, to their run and, and ultimately winning the, the Mountain West. I'm going to end the podcast with that audio. I think you guys are going to be interested to hear about it. You know, we talked about how he thought there should be uh, a penalty. You know, I, I asked him if he'd ever seen a game end that way, and he just kind of laughed. He, he was super honest. It was great to get his perspective on that. Uh, real quick, I do have some features coming out. Uh, working on a story about the other relationship between Norvell and Timmy Chang, as well as the relationships between Norvell and Bull. I think you guys are going to like that one. Got a couple of other features I'm working on. So uh, it's cool. I've got a ton of content coming out these next couple of weeks. Now's a perfect time to join DNVR with an annual membership. You get a free t-shirt. I mean, that alone, guys, it's it equates to five bucks a month and you get a free t-shirt, which that's a $30 value. So, I mean, when you factor in the t-shirt, it's like $250 a month. And you you get access to all of my content, all of the other stuff we do at DNVR, all the pro beats. So, it really is a great deal. And I know that there are a lot of things out there that you could spend your hard-earned money on. 
But uh, I just ask you to consider supporting us, a local company. You know, we've grown organically. We built these things ourselves. And we genuinely love this community. And we love covering these teams for you. So, uh, yeah, check it out. TheDNVR.com. Become an annual member. Get a free t-shirt with your subscription. But I'm going to leave you guys with that audio of me talking with Utah State head coach Blake Anderson on the wonky win over CSU last year and the impact it had on their season. It's huge, you know. I mean, they make that field goal and that game goes the other way. I mean, we don't we don't play for a title. I mean, it, it, the, the, the league's that close and it came down to those type of plays and basically every game across the board. Um, and we're sitting there playing New Mexico the last week of the season. But the whole time, I mean, every fan that we got on our team is watching Boise San Diego State. Mm-hmm. So that's just the nature of a good league. We, you know, we, we, that was probably the first game of the year where the dynamic, I think, within our team changed a little bit. We had been the underdogs going in every week. We had been no expectations. That's the first home game of the year where, all right, you guys are supposed to win this one. You should win this one. Mm-hmm. You're out. You, you, we even had to lead for the first time all year, I think, you know. And and we almost gave it away because we really didn't respond real well. So we learned a lot about ourselves. And we won some games later in the year because of, of, of kind of how that game went. And, and we responded better in some some other areas because of how that game went. I know it's been a while since that game, but just with how weird that whole last sequence played out on the kick, I mean, have you ever seen a game end anything like that? I, I mean, I've seen some. I've never been a part of one yeah. that that went quite that way. There was a lot of chaos going on there. Um, I mean, literally the game shouldn't have come down to that. We made so many mistakes leading up to that, and, and they did. They just made play after play right down the stretch to put us in that position. Our kids, I mean, really, we kind of panicked a little bit to get it there. But then that sequence of events was, everything about it was ridiculous. From uh, from whether they down it or don't down it to kick it to the play, honestly, should have been should have been a penalty, a flag thrown, and there's people moving all over the place when the ball was snapped. I mean, should have been a flag and the whole, the clock been run off. I mean, just the fact that even the kick got even got attempted. Yeah. The whole thing was craziness. I've not been a part of that before. Seen a few games that ended like craziness like that, but that's the first one I've been a part of. Was there any point on your guys' sidelines where, because like you could tell on CSU's side, they just didn't know what the hell was going on. They had guys going on, going off. Like, was there I, any point where you guys were like, we have the wrong guys on? Or I almost called a timeout. Interesting. I was standing right next to the official and I was worried because we didn't get an opportunity to substitute. I was worried that we we're going to have too many people on the field. And I didn't want to be the guy that, you know, lost the game on a field goal because they got two tries at it, that kind of deal. And so something about the situation, though, being so chaotic and just I was watching their sideline, I just never called it. I just. I just didn't call. It. I'm glad I didn't, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was that was. I was right on the verge of calling the timeout, making sure we had the right dudes on the field, give our best chance to try to block a field goal, and I didn't. And and probably one of the best no calls of my career. 
because that had I let had I taken it, let them recoup and and regather. The kicker's obviously more than capable of making the field goal, but I, I didn't. I'm glad I'm glad I didn't call. Yeah, just it, it seemed like that game. Like not that I I'm a CSU alum. I don't think they were gonna like win the league or anything yeah. like that. But it, it just felt like that game. Like that just like killed the locker room. Like the, the oh, energies sure. went, went uh, out of the team. I'm sure it did. I mean, you don't lose a game like that that close without it affecting mean, the The momentum is a, is a you either got it or you don't. And when you lose it, it's really hard to get it back. Um, that that one would have had to be difficult. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like not for